you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. Good morning, City Hill. It's a pleasure to be here with you this morning. Over the last several weeks, we have heard a series of messages about being kingdom-minded or having a kingdom mentality. And we've been born again into this new kind of kingdom. Not only have we been saved from our sin, but we now serve the sovereign forever King Jesus. According to John chapter 17, verse 14, we are in the world, but not of it. We are now first and foremost part of a new kingdom. Being part of this godly kingdom means that we are different and our lives will look different to those in the worldly kingdom. And this can be scary and most of us don't want to stand out or look different, but I think that we've heard very clearly during this series that the life that God offers us as we live in His promises and in His ways is far more fulfilling and superior than living a selfish, self-serving life in the worldly kingdom. Today, I want to challenge us in the area of who or what we are listening to. Where are we turning to when we need advice and guidance? Who are we tuned into? I had a very dear friend growing up who was a strong believer and we attended school together, youth group, church, everything. We used to house sit together for months at a time, so I knew her really well. She met a lovely Christian guy and they were dating and I could tell it was a really serious relationship and they both loved God. He adored her and would do everything he could to build her up. They seemed to match so well and we were waiting for the day that they would get engaged. We were waiting and waiting and waiting. You see, they had prayed and asked God for a sign that they should get married. In fact, they'd asked God to put a tick in the sky as a sign that they were meant to be together. This meant that they were constantly looking at the clouds. Now, I'm not condemning the fact that they wanted God to speak to them or that they were seeking God's approval for their marriage but I am going to suggest that perhaps God was speaking to them in other ways and they weren't listening. Now, this example might seem a bit extreme to you, but I think that all of us are looking for signs in one area or another. We want God to give us signs. We want God to speak to us directly. And when we think God is not speaking to us the way that we want him to or saying the things that we want him to, we look elsewhere. Do I believe that God speaks to us? Absolutely. God is our Father and we have a relationship with Him. So, of course, there is discourse between the Father and His children. As I said earlier, we are called to be in the world, but not of it. That means that we're going to be constantly bombarded with messages from the world. And this is nothing new. I remember as a child being warned about messages from the world. I was warned against certain magazines or horoscopes, some music, what we were watching on TV. But back in my day, we didn't have the technology. I sound really old. Back in my day, we didn't have the technology speaking into our lives the same way it is today. But of course, there have always been these worldly voices surrounding us. And I believe that they are getting more and more insidious. 
Many of us are looking for guidance. We want someone to tell us which job to take, where to live, how many children to have or how much I can make more money. And some people turn to horoscopes or astrology to help them answer these questions. And I've heard many Christians say it's just for a bit of fun or entertainment or curiosity. But let me sidestep here to say that the practice of pagan uh, divination is forbidden by God. In Leviticus chapter 19, verse 26, it says, do not practice divination or sorcery. You see, divination was common among the pagan peoples of the Old Testament. When the Israelites were about to enter the promised land, um, God warned them not to practice astrology. In Deuteronomy, we read, do not learn to imitate the detestable ways of the nations there. The nations you will dispossess, listen to those who practice sorcery or divination. But as for you, the Lord your God has not permitted you to do so. Anyone who does these things is detestable to the Lord. Please steer clear of these sort of practices and is not something that is part of God's kingdom. Some people are looking for affirmation of themselves as a person. I mean, I've seen these quizzes on Facebook that people fill out to be, called, uh, to be told that they're a kind person or that they're important or that um, they're loved or maybe even how many children they're going to have. I'm not really sure why we need a computer formula to be telling us these things. People are also looking for confirmation that they are right or that their political or personal beliefs are right. And the easiest way to do that these days is to get onto Twitter. And I must say, I am a um, self-confessed user or perhaps addict of Twitter. But what I'm beginning to notice more and more that it really is an echo chamber, particularly during this time of COVID where everyone thinks they know the truth. And everyone tells you what their viewpoint on masks, on lockdowns, on vaccines is. And it's really easy to follow the people who have the same beliefs and opinions as we do. And if we don't like what someone is saying, we can unfollow them or block them. And it can make us feel justified or right in whatever opinion we hold on to. But it's just an echo of our own opinions. Can you see the problem that's emerging here? The Bible and God's words are absent from all the messages that we are listening to and that we are consumed by. The voices of the worldly kingdom are loud and we are always going to be surrounded by them. But not only are they loud, they are often saying what we want to hear or it's a message that we can twist to suit our own wants or desires. So what voices are you making time for and what are you letting penetrate your heart? I've got three points for us today. To be expectant, be open and be wise. To be expectant. Throughout the Bible, we read over and over that God spoke directly to people. I think it's over 2,000 times in the Old Testament that we hear things like, and God spoke to Moses, or the word of the Lord came to Jonah, or God said. 
We see an example of this in Jeremiah 1 verse 9. It says, The Lord reached out his hand and touched my mouth and said to me, Now I have put my words in your mouth. Jeremiah claims to be speaking the words that God had put into his mouth. Or in Exodus chapter 3, Moses saw that the bush, that though the bush was on fire, it did not burn up. So Moses thought, I will go over and see this strange sight, why the bush does not burn up. When the Lord saw that he had gone over to look, God called to him from within the bush, Moses, Moses. And Moses said, here I am. During the birth of Jesus, God spoke to Mary through an angel. He spoke to Joseph through um, a dream. He spoke to the shepherds through angels and he spoke to the Magi through a dream. In the Old and the New Testaments, we can see that God made it a priority to communicate to directly with people. When you love someone, you do find opportunities to communicate and it's no different for God. Though you may not think you have experienced God speaking to you, you need to know that he doesn't reserve this loving, intimate conversation for pastors or for people that you might deem as important people. As I said earlier, there is a lot of noise in our lives and competition for the voice of God. We need to make time for quiet. Be expectant that God will and that God wants to speak to you. Hearing God's voice is a pattern throughout the Bible, but I want to take a closer look at Elijah. And I'm going to quickly summarize the story of Elijah. You see, Elijah was a prophet in the time of King Ahab. Ahab and his wife Jezebel were deep into the worship of Baal and they had killed all of God's prophets that they could find. Elijah challenged Ahab to a public contest in which God's fire falls and proves him as the true God. People fell to the ground and acknowledged Yahweh as the true God and Elijah slays the false prophets. It's a victory for God and for Elijah. But Jezebel finds out what had happened and she threatened to kill Elijah. So he runs away and goes into the desert. Elijah seems exhausted and it's like he has lost all hope. God sends an angel to provide food and drink for Elijah and then he walks 40 days to Mount Horeb and takes shelter in a cave. And here's the part where we get to Elijah's encounter with God that I want to talk about. It says this, And the word of the Lord came to him. What are you doing here, Elijah? He replied, I have been very zealous for the Lord God Almighty. The Israelites have rejected your covenant torn down your altars and put your prophets to death with the sword. I am the only one left and now they are trying to kill me too. The Lord said, go out and stand on the mountain in the presence of the Lord for the Lord is about to pass by. Then a great and powerful wind tore the mountains apart and shattered the rocks before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the rocks no, sorry, after the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake came a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire came a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he pulled his cloak over his face and went out and stood at the mouth of the cave. Then a voice said to him, what are you doing here, Elijah? What I love about this passage 
is how personal God's communication with Elijah is. God is fully capable of an overwhelming display of power. He could use the wind, the earthquake, the fire to speak to Elijah, but he chose to use a whisper instead. Remember that Elijah was in a rough place and his confidence had been knocked out of him. But God gently restores him. God reveals himself in a gentle voice rather than overwhelming him with a display of power. Just like God met with Elijah, God wants to meet us where we are at. God wants to talk to us and communicate personally with us. And this brings me to my next point, be open. You might be waiting for a grand gesture or a tick in the sky like my friends are waiting for, but God may be speaking to you in a different way. We also shouldn't assume that we will experience God communicating to us in the same way that Elijah did. God's voice is not always quiet. In Ezekiel chapter 43, it says, His voice sounded like the roar of mighty waters. In John chapter 12, it sounded like thunder. So what I mean by being open is that we should be open and accepting of the different ways that God might speak to us. Let's have a quick look at what some of those might be. And this is by no means an exhaustive list. And I don't think I can, nor is it wise to box God into communicating in a particular way. But here are some thoughts. God speaks to us through his word. God's word is alive and active, and it's one of God's provisions to equip us to do his will. And we know that from 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, it tells us all scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. And Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12 tells us, For the word of God is living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and of spirit, of joints and of marrow, and discerning the thoughts and intentions of the heart. The Bible is an essential part of your walk with God because it's one of the ways that God will and he will speak to you personally and powerfully. We need to memorize the word. We need to meditate on the word. And just as that verse tells us, the Bible is there to fully equip us for what it is that we're doing. Sometimes I find that I read scripture that I've read plenty of times before, but something resonates with me or stirs within my spirit as I read it. Then I find myself running into those verses throughout the week. And it's like the Holy Spirit is breathing afresh on those words. And that is when God is speaking to me. And I know that I need to take that seriously. It's very important that we have a good and healthy understanding of scripture as well. When you don't, it's easy to take something out of context or have something become twisted. We must always look at the word of God as a whole. Okay, we must not pick and choose the verses that we like, but understand the fullness of God's story. My next point here is to don't dismiss the whispers. Sometimes God will speak and it will be more like a whisper or at least something more subtle than the thunder or the roaring waters. 
Don't ignore those whispers and don't dismiss them as less important because they weren't loud. God may tell us something through impressions or sensing, and this is not to be confused with suspicion. Instead, it feels like more of a nudge or a prompting to do something or not to do something. I experience this usually when I'm praying for people or when I have quiet in my life to reflect on other people and bring them before the Lord. Sometimes I feel prompted to send a message or to call someone, and more often than not, they would tell me it was a timely call for whatever reason. See, that is God nudging me towards something. God's promises, or God's promptings, don't usually result in earth shattering, life altering consequences as we obey them. But when you obey God's prompting to say a word to a person or to do a kind act, you are God's gentle encouragement to them. There may not be much dramatic change at any one time, but over time, tremendous change will occur. We have people in our church who are really tuned into God's voice, and they often have a prophecy or a word of knowledge for others. And maybe you've been a recipient of these um, prophecies. I know over my life, I have had a few that stand out more than others. Some in more recent times have encouraged me to spread my area of ministry and to overcome fears or doubt that I have about myself. When I was about 15, someone prophesied that I would be the mother to many. And you can imagine just how shocking that is for a young girl to hear. I imagined myself with this great big family with so many kids, I couldn't count them. And I thought, actually, this sounds horrible. And I'm pretty sure that the prophecy is wrong. Looking back now over the nearly 25 years since that happened, I can see just how God has used me as a mother to many. I only have three of my own children, but most of my ministry has been working with children. And for a time, I worked with children who were deprived and not from a healthy family life. I did take on a mothering role for those kids. A few months ago, some lovely ladies from Uganda gave me a T-shirt that said Mama Africa, and they wanted to thank me for being their mother away from home. And that word that was spoken all those years ago comes back to me, and I'm reminded that God had a plan for me. It was an encouragement, has been encouragement over the last 25 years. If you are obedient to God's promptings, you'll find yourself being an encouragement to people around you. And you will be making God's love uh, real in the world. Now, God also speaks through visions. And Joel 2.28 tells us, It shall come about after this, that I shall pour out my spirit on all mankind, and your sons and your daughters will prophesy, your old men will dream dreams, and your young men will see visions. And these visions of the mind are usually more subtle. They're like the still small voice that we were talking about. These pictures happen with your mind's eye. And you can see this when Paul the Apostle was blind and had a vision of Ananias praying for his healing. He didn't see the vision with his natural eyes. But it says that Saul, Paul, was in the house of Judas praying. And that must have been when God spoke to him through the vision. 
Now, I could go on and on about the ways that God can speak to us. But what I hope you've noticed here is that we are more likely to hear God's voice when we give him our attention. I don't think that God is like a radio station that is going 24-7 and all we need to do is just tune in to get an update. No, God is personal and he longs for a relationship with us. If you have children, you might be familiar with this, but my kids get busy playing and they are loud, they are busy, they go from one activity to the next activity and they usually only come to me when they're upset or when they're hungry. If I try and talk to them when I don't have their full attention, they do not hear me. And if I try and talk to them while they're watching TV, I have absolutely no chance of getting their attention or of them hearing my words. And I think that we can be like that with God as well. We are so busy that we don't hear God's promptings or him speaking to us. We go to him with our problems and when we need something, but we forget to make time or do things that will help us listen. My third point is to be wise. I don't think that we can look at the way God speaks to us without looking at the importance of the Bible in all of this. Both of these work hand in hand to draw us closer to God and fulfill the will that he has for our lives. Remember, we just read from 2 Timothy 3.16, and that tells us that all scripture is God-breathed. It's all from him. I want to be clear here and stress that it's vital that we get into the word of God and that we know it well so that we are able to rightly discern what we are hearing from God. It can be easy to think that something is God when in reality it's just ourselves or the enemy. However, we can safeguard ourselves by knowing the Bible and by knowing the nature of God from a biblical standpoint, not just from what you think God should be like. I have seen many Christians twist things to their liking because it's more politically correct or it sounds nicer. But God is just and true. If you truly want to know God, you must take him at his word. God will never contradict his word. It doesn't matter the experience and how you think you heard from God. If it doesn't line up with the word of God, you toss it out. If you are unsure, then seek out godly wisdom from elders or from the prayer team in the church and pray for confirmation over the word. We need to turn off the noise of the world and listen to what God is saying to us. We need to have wisdom and discernment to know what is from God and that wisdom comes from knowing the word but also God speaking through the word. Some of us may struggle in this area but God also uses the wisdom of others to speak into our lives. There's a a quote I want to share with you from Dr. Joe Aboji. He says this, Many voices exist in the spirit world. Therefore, whatever is heard must be tested. Does it exalt Jesus Christ? Does it comply with scripture? Does it put the interest of others before self-interest? Does it encourage unity in the body of Christ? Does it seek peace of all? Does it give hope? no matter what it speaks of? Does it have respect for human life? Does it speak of the love of God? 
The answer to these questions will help you distinguish the voice of God from other voices. Now, our church is starting a week of prayer and fasting tomorrow, and it's a journey that we invite all of you on. We hope that by now you are aware of the, the prophecy that Fusi has brought towards uh, to our church. And it's something that we have been praying into and asking God for clarity and wisdom and asking him what is next. And that's going to be the focus of our prayer for the next week. And I know that fasting can seem overwhelming and nearly impossible at times because of our schedule or our home life or our work life or even our self-discipline. But it really is a very beneficial time, beneficial to deepening our spiritual walk and having time of personal connection with God. It's a time where you might find freedom. You might find spiritual maturity and intimacy with God. Our church leaders have spent time putting together a booklet for us to follow that will help you gather your thoughts as you pray through these different areas. And we've also written a booklet specifically for children. Now, we're not encouraging children to go without food, but we do want to encourage them to give something up for a week and to maybe spend some time reading their devotional to praying and asking God what he's saying to them as well. By setting aside time this week, we're asking God to speak to us and we're telling him that we are ready to listen. We are like Samuel saying, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Now, we have come to the end of our series on the godly kingdom because next week we're moving into a new season at City Hill. It's a season of a hybrid service, which means that some people will be meeting in a building and some people will still be meeting online, but we'll be joining together as much as we can. But to finish with, let me say this. When Jesus began his earthly ministry, he said, the kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news. Remember, the Jews at this time had long been awaiting a king and that time had finally come. Jesus was saying that the kingdom was near. It was so near that the people Jesus encountered every day could have reached out and touched their king. To be part of this new kingdom, all they needed to do was accept Jesus as their Messiah and their king. And I think we're all familiar with what happened next. Jesus was rejected and crucified as people's hearts were hardened. But Jesus promised, when the Son of Man comes in his glory and all the angels with him, then he will sit on his glorious throne. We are waiting for Christ to return and establish his kingdom on earth. The message he preached on repentance continues and is available for everyone. When we are repentant and turn to Christ for the, uh, in faith, for the forgiveness of sin, we become citizens of God's kingdom and we can no longer think and act as we did when we were citizens of the world. Now we represent God's kingdom as ambassadors in a foreign land and we take on what we might call a kingdom mentality. A kingdom mentality recognises that as citizens of God's kingdom, Christians choose to view life differently from the rest of the culture. If you would like to know more about joining God's kingdom, please get in touch with someone from City Hill and we would love to pray with you.
Thank you for listening to City Hill Dubai podcast. A video format of this series is also available on our YouTube channel, City Hill Dubai. 